welcome to Wellness and Wonder for another episode with the incredible Priscilla. What is about today? Today is for a positive Africa. We all know about the magic that this amazing country is able to offer from modern writers that are about to write stories for inspiration, West African music that has influenced gospel, jazz, blues, rock and roll, and rap. Africa is a vital region, region with some of the fastest growing economies in the world. And Africa is a continent of thousands of cultures and languages, unparalleled co- co-diversity and uh, uh, over a billion of vibrant and innovative people. So today we want to focus on a positive Africa and on the amazing developments that are occurring with Priscilla that has an amazing knowledge and is working for the best of Africans. Ciao Priscilla, so nice to have you here. Ciao Francesca, hello everybody. So nice. So uh, I, I cannot wait to talk about uh, this amazing topic with you, Prishi. Uh, the first question that I, I prepare for you is, uh, what is the significance of the Africa journey for Africans? Okay, well, uh, hi everybody. Um, thank you for this uh, introduction. So um, I'd like to start with the, uh, with the fact that uh, Africa, first of all, we should consider um, not Africa as a, as, a, as a country, but as a continent which is uh, quite diverse with, you know, between 1,500 and 3,000 native languages spoken in more than 50 countries, different political systems, some more unstable than others, five time zones. So it's a very rich, very diverse country. So when we talk about Africa, we should not see Africa as a, as a whole, but as a mix of different countries and cultures. And uh, very importantly, yes. I, um, I think it's also uh, crucial that to raise that when we speak about development, we should not consider uh, the societal and economical, economical paradigm of the Western world as the, the only growth model uh, each country in the, third, in the third world has to aim for. So for instance, the improvement of the quality of life, you know, it can be achieved in different ways. And the tech industry in Africa is a real opportunity to seek which innovation can be best applied to the characteristics of the African countries without necessarily applying those same innovations that we already know or we're seeking in the West. So true. Yeah, so that was my introduction. Um, about the significance of Africa journey for Africans. Um, so I'll start with a little anecdote. Uh, when I was in uh, Central Africa a few months ago, um, yeah. I had a recent, recent speech in a Cameroonian university. And when asked uh, how the students see their professional future, their reply was simply doing business by hacking the system. So it really gives you a, like, it's a statement. It gives you an idea of what's the situation out there. So this is, this is basically what I consider being the Africa journey for Africans. Mainly the fact that Africans are not waiting for institutions and governments to change things. Uh, they're just, you know, relying on themselves, on their initiative, on their willpower, to improve the lives and actually bring hope. So true, because of um, the, yeah. yeah, 
Sorry. Most African countries, Prishi, are low income and they tend to rank basically among the world's major uh, technological powers. Um, basically, the conditions under which African states access and use new technologies is beyond their control. So my, my question now is, uh, what are some of the reasons why African socioeconomic developments still lags behind, even though they have so many opportunities? And what is the destination within what's occurring? Yeah. Um, OK, so basically, so I've, I've talked about this gap between you know, the, uh, the public um, intervention and what's actually existing today for Africans. Yeah. Um, so today, answering to your question is very, very complex. Um, this should require an, like a historical analysis. But if we now focus on the uh, current situation, we can observe a variety of causes that hinder the socioeconomic development. And in my view, uh, the most notable ones are the lack of transparency and accountability, the actions of the governments, the divide between countries, that are causing recurrent uprises affecting the political instability, so stability. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, failed central planning and the lack of access to uh, foreign capital, um, and a few issues in the uh, in the education. So, in education being really the basis, and I'm going to talk about this uh, further on. Yes, amazing. So. Um... Now that we are talking about these achievements for Africa, what have been some of the key achievements uh, comparing to the from the past to the present? Okay, so um, I'll, uh, I think I'll, uh, you know, I have some ex experience in the tech industry, so I really have this, let's say, perspective and, and point of view I can use as an example. Um, so first time I, st I started working with Africa was about a decade ago already. Um, and since then, I can myself witness lots of, uh, of change, a big shift. Um, and yeah, about a positive change in the tech ecosystem with an exponential growth in, the, in different sectors. So if we want to, you know, just uh, mention a few, uh, a few elements here, there's an increased uh, attractiveness from international investors. I'll give you a concrete example. There's more and more American funds who are actually investing in startups, uh, unicorns in, for instance, Nigeria. Uh, there's also a higher credibility and trust in some African countries. And as mentioned before, there's several unicorns that are now playing, paying the, paving the way uh, as role models for those entrepreneurs out there. Um, I, I talked throughout this last decade, I talked and I met lots of entrepreneurs. You know, my network grew a lot in, uh, in, uh, in Africa, from Eastern Africa to Central to Western. And so I, you know, I kind of see the dynamics and the trends. And what I see is that some countries still are lacking of, of those role models, which are actually so important because whenever you want to, you know, just start building your business and you're investing in a startup, if you see somebody that has succeeded, then, you know, it gives you, it gives you some trust, some hope. But if you are yourself in a, you know, in a notion with no real uh, success or big 
startup that can actually tell you, okay, you can actually do it and it's feasible and you can succeed, then it's very, very difficult. So it's like, you know, coming back to the French tech maybe 20 years ago where there were there was lots of dynamism already, but less than it is today. Yes. Um, so I think like I'd like to maybe uh, mention a few uh, figures because yes. for those who don't know Africa at all, yeah. you know, Africa can be wide, but you have absolutely no idea of the population and, uh, and what's going on really in terms of, uh, of demographic changes. Uh, but just to let you know that today mobile in general is a, at the center of the creation creation and consumption of innovation services. So mobile, you, you do everything with mobile in Africa. It's quite impressive, actually. So by the end of 2020, uh, there has been 50, no, sorry, 500 million people that subscribed in sub-Saharan sub Africa to mobile services. So this represents nearly 50% of the total region's uh, population. Wow. So it represents an increase of almost 20 million from 2019. So from one year to the other, you're adding lots of internet, uh, like mobile uh, users. Yeah. This corresponds to the population of, I don't know, Chile or, or Australia from one year to, to another. So it's, you know, it's, quite, it's quite big. Yeah. Um, and also in terms of trend, um, by 2025, this number, so from four, uh, more than 400 million, nearly 500, will raise to up to 600 million. So again, it's like adding the population of Indonesia. So it's, it's huge. And it actually gives you an idea um, of how strong and how powerful mobile is for Africans to do anything in their lives. So it enables financial inclusion. It, uh, you know, especially now with the pandemic, it has enabled lots of, of processes of purchases of goods and services through your mobile with, and they don't even have 5G everywhere. You know, it's just yeah. becoming a reality now in Kenya, but it's really not uh, uh, everywhere. Can we say, Prishi, that Africa is holding the world's earliest record of human technological advancement going back to uh, ancient Egypt, ancient Egyptian technology that was actively boosts on many inventions back then too? Yes, I, I think that we can consider, um, you know, they, they, they do what they have, l'art de la débrouillardise, as we could say, yeah. as we all did, you know, even in Europe, it's just... Um, Africa has um, seen many, you know, many changes over the last, uh, you know, centuries with uh, colonization that has brought, you know, a different culture. So there's also a different adaptation to things. And, you know, coming from Europe, you know, you, you just, you are aware of the United Nations model. You want to, as mentioned before, you want to bring your uh, growth model from the Western world which does not actually always apply. Um, and so it's important that we, you know, we consider all these um, cultural aspects of each African country if we want to bring innovation. Um, and also I think one key aspect of this is a, an example I would, I would like to give um, 
Africans in general, they never had phones in their household. In like in your apartment, in your house, you never would have a phone, just a mobile phone. So there's what we call a leapfrog. So from nothing to mobile phones and smartphones. So the smartphone penetration in Africa is quite big um, out of the total population. And thanks to this penetration of the smartphone, thanks to the investment on the financial inclusion side, uh, today there's lots of um, lots of purchases that are done through mobile. Yeah. Uh, again, example in Kenya, out of the internet users, 84% are using their smartphone to process payments. 84%. Yeah. In Nigeria, it's 60%, and in France. 38. So now this is another path of development, right? Yeah, totally. Thank you for the percentages, by the way. It's so clear, Priscilla. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's incredible. <laughs> yes, we never think about this. And so the, the, the digital revolution's ultimate legacy is uh, will be determined, determined uh, by um, not by technology, but by how it is used also. Mm -hmm. That's the tricky part. Thanks for being yes. super, Sheila. We will have people mentoring all these. How they, yeah. Yes. How technology is affecting the country, in which terms? Like we, we were talking about the importance of education and you know so much, Prishi. Can we talk about it authentically? Yes. Um, so education, uh, again, complex matter. Um, education today in Africa um, is quite a big challenge because uh, there's lots of, of new schools that are um, seeing the light, especially the, those coding schools. Uh, having myself lived in, uh, in Kenya for a while, I would see all those white people building out coding schools from nowhere. So it's of course, it's very interesting. It brings modernity. It brings, you know, some digital literacy to those kids. Um, it enables them to, you know, fill the gap between primary or secondary school to um, the, you know, the workplace. Yeah. However, there needs to be some, you know, we need to absorb those skills, and uh, we need to understand that education is it's, it's such a key thing. So there needs to be an investment from you know, governments in general, and it's not an easy task. But at the same time, education is, is a challenge because like how do you, you know, how do you teach to those uh, students uh, what we are taught here in the workplace or in, in our jobs, that is leadership, critical thinking, flexibility. So the, all these soft skills, how do you actually teach them are you, you know, are you organizing internships? What, what kind of activity can you put in place so that these students are able to go from the second year, secondary or higher education to uh, the real life, you know, the job. So there's lots of talents. I've seen it myself with my own eyes. There's lots of talents in Africa, not only engineers, not only data scientists, there's lots of, of amazing um, skills in them in many markets, but I also see there's a huge gap. So you know, the, when you talk with those kids, they want to go 
and work for the big companies, big telcos, Orange, MTN, where the work is not at all flexible. It's not something that is really appropriate for them if they want to have a career path that is a bit more dynamic and with a little bit of uh, more of energy. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a big challenge. Again, there's a combination that there's, I don't think there's one answer. I think it's a combination of, yeah. you know, international efforts, local um, policies that, that are that are being applied. And this is what I could say, you know, authentically, I've, I've seen it, I've witnessed, and this is how would, I would see the, the future and the present of education, basically. Amazing. And education should be adaptable to all the situations and different people. So it's the biggest mm-hmm. challenge ever, like we said. So many trials maybe can be useful to understand their own kind of adaptation to this education to make them grow. So, so interesting. Um, I cannot wait to ask you what's your role in the company, Patricia, and how you can support this amazing uh, evolution. So regarding all that's happening, Mm -hmm. the continent recovers from the pandemic. It is uh, its leaders have this choice between harnessing emerging technology to improve governments, effectiveness, increase transparency, faster inclusion, division and conflict. So what will it take to create better conditions for developments, especially in view of the pandemic? Appreciate. Um, Okay, interesting question. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think I'm an expert, but again, I'll use my experience in the past years and my work uh, 12 hours a day, basically, thinking and, and working in Africa. So um, I think that uh, I really trust myself in the private sector initiatives. So I'd say we there needs to be more power given to the private sector. So combining again, as I said before, like a hybrid model where you combine international efforts with local government inputs. So there's a lack of maybe, you know, um, credibility in the government authorities, in the ministries. They are, there is, um, you know, it's like gerontocracy, no idea how you say it in English, gerontocracy, yes. where, you know, the, the, the people have the power, there's lots of corruption. So there's little uh, space for change and there's lots of you know skepticism however if you bring in some private sector initiatives if you you know for profit is also good because it creates competition it creates it creates a a wave of also dynamism it attracts talents so i you know i worked in ngos but i i think for profit is also, is actually a good solution there in uh, in most african markets um well, empowering people, second of all, empowering people by investing a lot on education. And lastly, uh, I'd mention, I'd like to mention the role of cities. So the as Africa continues to urbanize um, at a very rapid rate, there's a urge for policymakers to enact policies that will encourage this city growth to be utilized towards economic development uh, and poverty eradication, basically. So the rapid growth of cities, so it 
cities are rapidly growing. It's quite impressive in uh, in Africa. So the rapid growth of cities um, is presenting the continent with a major opportunity to enhance productivity and living standards. Um, you know, in most part of the world, uh, rapid city growth has triggered economies of scale and specialization along with knowledge spillovers. So this way you're actually boosting productivity. And this, if we consider again, a few figures, um, whenever you double the city's size, it boosts income per capita between three and 8%, which is, you know, quite uh, interesting. Yeah, um, super interesting. So again, you know, this climate change there's uh, still poverty. There is uh, lots of economical and societal um, problems in Africa. There's a huge demographic change. So the risk today is that there is a non-controlled urban population that would end up, you know, living in slums with the, you know, a little low purchase power because the city uh, costs are higher, but their wages are still uh, low. Uh, so there needs to be a appropriate city planning to make those cities uh, livable, productive, and uh, sustainable. Amazing. I really loved what you said. It sounds, of course, so easy and so simple, but it's the biggest challenge ever. We find solutions, but sometimes it's so difficult to adapt them to the results. Um, in all these amazing mm. evolution that we are talking about with you, dear Priscilla, what is your company doing? Because uh, when I talk to you about Africa, you always give me a sensation of hope. And But what is your company doing in all these amazing, challenging evolution world in Africa? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so do, uh, the, the company I'm working for is uh, called Dual. Uh, it's basically a fintech, a B2B payment solution, uh, whose mission is to provide businesses uh, in African markets to begin with, with a full, fully integrated solution uh, to pay, to basically manage all their payments and transactions. So it's a wow. platform which centralizes it all through technology. So there's our DNA's technology really, and we invest a lot on uh, you know again on, on talents which are international and that, and we work remotely. Um, again, figures. You have to consider that, uh, especially in Central Africa, all payments are 90% cash-based. So you do everything with cash. As the, even in Cameroon, they say, ils ont besoin de toucher l'argent. They need to touch the money because they, they need to feel it's, it's real, it's there. And go, you know, switching to the 100% digital, it takes, you know, a while. Uh, they're not used to it. Sometimes they're a bit, again, skeptical towards change and innovation. They don't understand why everything would be, you know, should be on a platform. Uh, are we sure it's uh, it's safe, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Um, so basically, my company solves basic pain points that businesses um, deal with today. So tracking their transactions, uh, dealing with transparency. Um, being save, being able to save on operational costs. Um, so this is mainly what we what we do and how our business model is basically based on commissions out on, of uh, any transaction. It's business models that have uh, fintech most of fintechs today. 
Um, and fintech is one of the most um, uh, most important sectors in the tech world in Africa, uh, in, in Europe as well, in the world as well. But in Africa, it really represents a powerful tool for financial inclusion because there's no, there's like people are not, uh, they don't have bank accounts. They like, they don't have bank accounts. So again, from zero to fintech, which is quite interesting in my opinion. So, so yeah, this gap of not having a bank account, but at the same time, this money being tracked, how do you really, uh, what is going on? between these because I don't understand can you tell us more Trishy? like all these money are tracked by these amazing companies like yours but they don't have a bank account mm -hmm. okay so what happens basically is that um, if I'm a company yeah uh, let's say I'm a you know retailer food retailer yeah um, I need to pay my suppliers what I'll do is that either I'll pay in cash or I'll pay through what we call mobile money. So it's another type of system that is present in Africa and in some markets in, um, in Asia uh, that enables you to transact, so to, to purchase through your mobile and you, it's basic e-money. So it's basically e-money, yeah. um, but it's real money. You know, it's not Bitcoins or it's real money. Uh, now, the fact is, if I want to pay my supplier and I need to, bring him cash, I need first to go to the bank. So I need to walk, go to the bank, withdraw, and then pay the supplier. So this, you already have lost two to three days. Yeah. You have to queue at the bank. Uh, sometimes, you know, mobile money doesn't allow, uh, there's like a threshold. So you cannot go up to uh, 2 million francs CFA, which is about 3,000 euros. So there's a, you know, there's a threshold, you have operational costs. So today there's, many steps that are very physical ones to just do one transaction and uh, so that's the case of a company who will who is uh, willing to pay his supplier but then there's also my um my end clients that would like to pay me and they sometimes they pay me by uh, mobile money but there's again different ways yeah. uh, credit cards but there's a very very low penetration of a credit card still uh, or cash but anyways at any point if you have so many processes and nothing is centralized you have at some point to repatriate everything and to centralize so this is what many of the uh, payment aggregator out there in africa are doing today yeah it enables you to have all this money in a kind of wallet it's kind of a bank account, but it's not a bank account, mm -hmm. but it's on your mobile, on your computer, you have a dashboard, you have real-time data over any transaction. So you see the, the supplier uh, that's uh, paying you and you see that your end customers that are paying you and the same money, you can use it directly. So instantaneously to pay uh, or to, you know, just maybe doing bank transfers. So it's real-time transactions that are made possible through a digital platform. This is amazing, Prishi. We really love what's happening in Africa. And uh, what's your role in your company exactly? Mm. So um, I'm, I'm sure head of growth. 
you add a value to your job because there is so much passion behind. So let's also remind how important it is to be passionate about our job because Prishi, you are an example and it's so important to work with passion because that's the way to add value to it. Yeah. Uh, passion is also tiring. That is true. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, <laughs> but we Italians are passionate, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so I'm head of growth, uh, which actually means everything and nothing. Uh, but today I'm in charge of two uh, teams. One is um, sales and the other one is marketing. Nice. So through my work, I'm trying, I'm trying to answer the following question. How do you bring more customers by lever leveraging on Salesforce? And how do you combine this with marketing efforts, both on the digital and offline channels. So uh, the way I'm adding value uh, is because I, I think I have an overview. So you know, you, you basically are dealing with two teams, large teams, and you have a, a an overview on everything, on data, uh, on the on the other teams and the relationship that you have with other teams. So we have the ops team, the tech team, the finance team. So there's all these people working together and you actually are dealing with a very big part, which is growth. Yeah. Um, I also, I'm also starting to realize now that I have some expertise that is coming from my previous experiences in tech in other markets, especially African ones. So, you know, you grew, you, like I grew my network. I, I have some skills in different sectors always and always in the tech industry. Yeah. So, you know, I'm adding some hard and soft skills in, in my everyday uh, job. And lastly, I'd say I'm, um, I'm, I'm human oriented. Uh, so I, I think it's part of my nature really, but I put lots of uh, um, passion or I invest a lot on talents and, you know, how do you, um, how do you spot them? Yeah. How do you recruit them? Talents, uh, because Prishu, we just said talents is about, of course, being talented, but of course, having a passion, which brings the people to stand out. So be passionate, adding a value. It's also part of being talented. Don't you think so? Yes. Uh, yes. And I think that, um, you know, you have to uh, make, you have to make sure when you are recruiting that you are, uh, trying to find the right match for your team. Sometimes people, they are, you know, they are talent talented, but then they don't fit in your team because maybe they are not empowered enough or they, uh, you know, they're not motivated. So it's about the company, I think, to give the right, uh, the right push from the very beginning. So to uh, increase their motivation, their um, their willingness to you know, again, being proactive, bringing innovation, don't be scared, you know, especially in the startup or in young companies, you, we want people to be, you know, reactive, we want dynamic people, we want energy, we're not, we don't want people that are just waiting for, uh, for us to give them instructions or guidelines, you know, yeah, I mean, of course, we can guide them, but we want people that are very autonomous, but also can, that they can work well in a team and they can ask for help. Uh, but I'd rather have somebody who is uh, making mistakes by making more. 
or at least more efficiently. Um, so I guess I'm trying to um, put like to create new processes where I can. Um, and I think I'm probably more a dreamer too. This is what I've been told. And I think it's true. We need dreamers <laughs> in this world more than ever because a dream can be reality. We envision it and then we make it, we make it happen. So, Prishi, what's your thoughts regarding Africans in general, regarding their energy, their philosophy of life, uh, their way of bringing people together and creating these amazing tribes that only existed somehow in the southern places like in Africa and South America. So they have this amazing feeling that the tribe is what makes them stronger and is true at the end of the day. We feel the same in the European countries, in our families, so we all create these tribes. And the tribe concept comes from Africa at the end of the day. So what do you think about this? Um, okay, so when I actually, starting from the beginning of my um, first time in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, it's actually when I moved there. I had never been in, in Sub-Saharan African region before. And I decided that I wanted to have, you know, a deeper uh, uh, understanding and to really touch uh, the, the, the tech market uh, there, which is a booming ecosystem in, uh, in several markets. Yeah. I knew the French tech quite well. Uh, it's very dynamic. Again, there's lots of investments. There's more than... 25 unicorns in, in less than, you know, 10 years. So it's, it's growing quite, um, it's quite impressive. Yeah. Um, in Africa, we are at a different stage, but it's starting and it's starting very, you know, very fast at a very fast rate. Um, so what I, what I think is that indeed there's lots of energy. Uh, there's lots, lots of inputs from the Western world but also it's combined with those needs. And what I love about tech in Africa, and maybe that's my dreamer side, is that tech is now there to solve real problems, health, education, financial inclusion, uh, everything. So it's exactly. you're actually creating something that has a, a real impact. And it, it's not a startup that it's actually enabling you to, to bring your... No, I don't know, a robot that brings your clothes to the laundry. You know, it's just Absolutely. something that is a bit more tangible, a bit more real, that has a real impact on, on people's lives and, uh, and economies and, and whatsoever. So um, this is what I see from being there, having lived uh, on and off three years and dealing every day with Africa, is that there's, there's a lot of, I don't know, from the one hand, there's hope, um, there are uh, tangible changes, and um, and I see also again, yeah, more credibility, more um, more people that are interested. You know, lots of MBAs now they uh, from America. They love doing their internship in uh, African startups. It's a new thing, and um, so it's it's attracting more people. It's attracting more ideas. Mm. And I see this combination of international people uh, with, uh, you know, so from every side of the world together with, uh, with Africans. Amazing. Mm. Thank you for the way you express yourself that uh, um, is really innovative, the way you talk about uh, this, uh, um, this amazing work you're doing. Mm. 
the compliments. Well, so I mean, I think uh, we have a lot to learn from yeah. them and from those uh, those realities. And um, I yeah, like I think that you're right. Also yeah, and there's also a lot of um, pre, you know, the judgments or preconceptions of you know what's real, uh, really sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. There's lots of difficulties. I'm not, you know, it, it's it's the truth. Um, some markets are more mature or are you know more developed than more developed than others. Yeah. But you see kind of a common trend. And um, I, th I, I think that, you know, many people talk about Africa as the continent of the future. I think actually today, lots of things are happening already. So yeah, um, yeah it's it talks about a, a positive Africa, but also of a sophisticated Africa because it's becoming very sophisticated, actually. <laughs> yes. Sophisticated, Indeed. we love it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Lots of influence. Even in music, Nigerian music, uh, you can hear it on the radio right now. There's fashion, you know, it's very fashionable now to bring uh, something from Africa. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess there's lots of um, more and more influence from uh, from Africa. Amazing, amazing. We're so happy about it as we love Africa so much and Africans too. Always part of our heart. Uh, Prishi, thank you so much for this amazing interview. Uh, we will look for more information from you because we love talking about developments happening in Africa with you. So I hope to see you soon. And uh, uh, your company is very lucky to have you. And uh, yes, I love your heart and your mind. I'll tell them today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you like to say the last message for people looking for jobs maybe that are able to support your company or that maybe are able to work with you, sustaining your projects and sustaining your amazing mindset? What, which message would you people maybe looking for, uh, yeah, partnership? Um, yeah, uh, there's, um, I mean, of course, if you want to come in and work in the growth team of Priscilla, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, we're opening new markets. In, in Africa for now. Um, no, I'd, I'd say that um, you, you have to get um, used of the fact that Africa is going to be more, you know, increasingly central in many, uh, in many ways in the tech industry. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, I think what I want through maybe this, you know, kind of podcast interview, whatever we call it, um, that I kind of create a small shift in people's minds about their um, their understanding of, uh, of African dynamics and trends. Um, so if you want to ask anything about Africa, you can ask me or all my African friends. Amazing, amazing. We can tweet for more and good luck for your amazing projects, Priscilla. Grazie. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Grazie. Bye, everybody. Bye.